Bonzak, author of the June Nash Adventure Series, and when I'm not writing, I'm reading. I started the show to rave about new discoveries, chat with indie and small publishing house authors, and occasionally share from my works in progress. This is Books Cubed, interviews, raves, and reads. Welcome to Episode 9 of Books Cubed. This week, I'm going to be reading from my book, How to Sex Your Snake, which is in the process of probably getting a title change. Possibly. It's getting a new cover. I'm very excited about that. It will be out possibly sometime in December. So I am recording this the week of Thanksgiving, 2018, and this will air on Thanksgiving. If you are in the United States, hope you're having a wonderful day watching football and eating turkey. And if you're elsewhere in the world, I hope you're having a wonderful day doing whatever you're doing. And I hope maybe you have a day off. And I'm going to really just jump right in and just start reading. And I'm probably going to jump some as um, if you're watching the video of this because I have a terrible time trying to read and get through things. I don't know how my narrator reads the books. I just don't know how she gets through it. Well, I know. She said it took her like 45 hours to read the first book. I guess that's like the average for a book narrator. Wow, I just can't imagine spending that many hours doing that. So I'm really glad that uh, she did it for me. So I'm just going to jump in, and this is going to be Chapter 5. And uh, June, June, her brother Dewey, has been accused of murder. So she is trying to make it look like there's nothing wrong. So she's covering for him. Someone called and needed a snake removed from a location. And she's going to go out and do that for him so no one knows anything's wrong. So I'm going to jump right in. I slid my truck into a spot by the motel office and let the engine idle. The Cactus Rose Motel is your typical old-style motor lodge with a single strip of cheap rooms and a square concrete pool at the far end of the parking lot. Overhead, a giant neon green cactus with a vacancy sign fizzled on and off and cast everything in an eerie glow. At the end of the strip near the pool, I could just make out a housekeeping cart jammed in a half-open door at an angle. That was probably room 11. I shut off the truck and grabbed the bucket and tongs. The motel office was empty, so I headed for the cart. There were two lone cars in the parking lot, and as I passed the second one, I heard a lock click and a figure popped out. She was a little thing, maybe five feet and lost in a dark blue maid's uniform that doubled as an ugly moo. Her yellow gloved hands clutched a spray bottle as if it offered some sort of protection against the world outside of her locked car. Are you here for the snake? She asked, eyeing the tongs. I wondered how many people checked in with props. Yeah, how big is it? Size would determine just how much of an effort I put into finding this thing. The maid pursed her lips and shivered a bit. Big. Okay, so one quick pass then. When we reached room 11, I set down the bucket and leaned the tongs against the wall. The cart was wedged in there pretty good. What would Dewey do first? Probably make sure he didn't run the snake over trying to clear the doorway. I pulled on a pair of leather gloves from the bucket and dropped to one knee. There was nothing around the wheels except scattered rolls of toilet paper and little bottles of shampoo. I stood and considered the vinyl bags that bookended the empty shelves. 
It certainly wouldn't be the first time I'd found something lurking in a laundry basket. When we were kids, Dewey was always bringing home creepy crawlies that proved to be expert escape artists. It was one of the reasons Mom insisted we find our own digs when we came back to town. I gave the cart a hard shake and jumped back. The maid squeaked and sprayed me with cleaner. Sorry, she said. I waved away a cloud of ammonia and gave her the look I usually throw at doozers or try to take my picture. Put it down. The bottle slid from her fingers and clattered on the concrete walkway. Now, you grab that side, I pointed to the cart, and I'll grab this side, and we're going to rock it. After about 20 seconds of wiggling, the cart sprang free, taking her side of the doorframe with it. The maid started dancing around like she'd run over her foot. Are you okay? I asked. I broke the door, she whimpered. I picked up the strip of twisted metal in my gloved hand and tried to bend it straight. Maybe we can nail it back in. She stamped her feet. I'm too much of a freaking nice person, she declared loudly. Okay. Why she was throwing out personality traits was beyond me. I am, you know, she said, and then she kicked the housekeeping cart a couple of times. I tossed the metal strip from the door aside and reached for the tongs in their triple-coated, rubber-top jaw that made them ideal for handling combative species. I'm going to go look inside for the snake, I said. She ignored me and turned her full attention and the heel of her right shoe on one of the poor cart's wheels. I crossed the threshold for room 11 and did a quick scan. If you ignored the carpet's wall-to-wall stains, it wasn't all that bad. A double bed took up most of the space. The rest was filled with a round table with a single chair in front of the window and a low four-drawer dresser topped by one of those old TVs that are about three feet thick. Off to the right, I could see a toilet through a half-open door. I didn't spot a suitcase or any personal items, but that didn't mean the room was vacant. Checking in without luggage was probably standard practice for a place like this. Travel light and make a quick getaway. While I poked the tongs any place a snake might be hiding, I heard the maid add one of my favorite four-letter words to her assault on the cart. I paused for a moment to enjoy it. In a way, it was therapeutic for me, too. I really missed saying it. When I finished my circuit, I realized I hadn't seen a trash can. I did a quick 360 and spotted one in the bathroom, next to the toilet. It was small, but who knew just how big the snake really was. I leaned the tongs against the shower stall and dumped the contents of the trash in the sink. Nothing wiggled up out of the tissues and fast food wrappers. I think it's gone, I yelled over my shoulder. The cursing outside stopped. A moment later, a childlike voice squeaked behind me. Really? I nodded and smiled at the maid's reflection in the mirror above the sink. Glad to see that her freak out was over. Really, I said. And then the scream started all over again. I followed her line of sight and looked up. A white snake was draped across the light fixture above me. The maid's use of the word big had been an understatement. Its midsection, thicker than my arm, sagged between each of the three bulbs and its face was suspended mere inches from mine. A forked pink tongue flicked in and out as the snake decided its true interest in me. Blast. Now, if you think nothing like that could happen in real life, think again. About 10 years ago, 
I walk into our guest bedroom, uh, excuse me, guest bathroom, and there, hanging from the five light fixture, and just like two inches above my nose is my daughter's boa constrictor. She'd been taking a shower, and she would let herself out of the shower when she was done. She would wind around the little thing that turned the water on, and she would crawl out, and then she'd turn the water off as she's crawling out, and then she would go up across the wall and then onto the light, and then she would hang on the light fixture to dry. And I, the door was shut, and I knew no one was home. She'd gone out to do something. And I walked in, and I walked in a few steps and then stopped and thought, ah, there's the snake. And I backed up very slowly to get out. So that was uh, what happened to get me thinking about the first book. So thanks to my daughter, I ended up with a good book. So uh, that's it for this week. I know it's short, and I keep saying so. I'm so sorry. I am going to be back next week with a really great interview with Heather Christie, who is a multi-award winning author of What the Valley Knows. And if you have any comments, please don't forget to leave them. Subscribe to the show. Leave comments here on the YouTube channel or over on the podcast. And I will talk to you next week. Go read a good book.